It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic and Rangers go into cold storage after their Europa League exploits. They return tomorrow. There's a Lanarkshire derby in Hamilton this afternoon, as well as Aberdeen, Ross County and Hibs Livy. Partick Thistledon Fermlin is among the lower league games that's fallen victim to the weather. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevans. Standing up straight without a harness will be an achievement in itself today, but the game deserves to take a bow at the end of a week full of goals. Drama and prestige From Copenhagen to Kilmarnock We've had entertainment And boosted our domestic and European reputation Not to mention improving our coefficient ranking To those who have survived the weather today All we can ask is that you do your best To end the week on a wind-assisted high Yeah, there'll be some good games today uh, The battle for top spot Rangers and Celtic have to wait till tomorrow for third and fifth places up for uh, and that's prominent today with for matches Aberdeen, Motherwell playing Ross County and Hamilton respectively and Hibs Livy playing each other for, for fifth place by the end of the day whoever wins that Yeah I'm looking forward to football Gordon uh, you know Hibs can leapfrog Livy into fifth uh, the derby match in Lanarkshire uh, the Ackies versus Motherwell Aberdeen can keep their Run going to, to keep him third But a lot of good uh, Interesting ones In the championship as well When you consider The places are up for grabs For the playoffs Dundee United Are home and host Yeah um, Just That's a bit of breaking it. news This afternoon oh. And we will dig into this In a bit more detail later But you know That James Keating's incident What one's that? The, the, and you can now mis- refer the, to it As that James Keating's incident The miscarriage of justice Yeah that, that'll do well <laughs> The outcome has been now Rendered invalid Mm-hmm. by the Scottish FA and a new tribunal will take place tell us more I will tell you more <laughs> as the show progresses we'll get all the guys involved and take a real good look at that situation in the not too distant future but let's stick to what we always do and get some team news first because I know people will be on their way to the games and want to know who is playing where let's go to Easter Road and get a flavour of Hibs against Livingston with Fraser Wishart Possibly game of the day here for us, Gordon. Uh, when I arrived here at Easter Road, a beautiful day, the sun was shining, took a picture, sent it into Super Scoreboard for the social media, and then half an hour later it is now snowing, there's a blustery wind, it's blowing all over the pitch. So I think we're in for one of those days, but the important thing is the pitch itself is in perfect condition. So I'm looking forward to what is going to be an important game here for both teams. Two teams in good form, looking up the table rather than down the way. And as, as Alex was saying, if Hibs go, uh, win today, they go ahead of Livingston into fifth place. But I think both teams are actually looking at third place rather than looking down the way in for Hibs this is probably as high as they've been all season when Paul Heckenbottom lost his job and Jack Ross came in there's definitely been a big improvement since Jack took over and they're now playing an open attacking style of football it's a dodge and McNulty up front you think there's goals there backed by the likes of Allen and Boyle in midfield so plenty of chances and plenty of goals in this team and Livingston's amazing rise over the last 18 months just continued in recent months they've confounded all the critics they looked dead and buried two or three months ago but what a great run they've been on and they're now just four points off third place and are a better team I think than they're giving credit for of course they're big and strong at the back and they do go towards London Dykes up front early but when they get there they play in the opponent's half and they've got some really good footballers in their team but most of Libby's good form has been at home I think they've only three away wins in the Premier League since they came in 18 months ago and that will make it difficult for them to win this game today but they will make it difficult for Hibs because they are a strong powerful team and they defend really well team news for Hibs they are unchanged from last week's win away at Kilmarnock 3-4-1-2 formation Ophir Marciano in goals Paul McGinn Adam Jackson 
Jackson, Paul Hanlon at the back. In midfield, Martin Boyle, Greg Doherty, Van Keita, Sleefka and Joe Newell, with Scott Allen just in behind, Christian Deutsch and Mark McNulty. On the bench for Hibs, Adam Bogdan, Darren McGregor, Lewis Stevenson, Stefan Omionga, Daryl Horgan, Fraser Murray and Jamie Gullen for Livingston. Five changes to the team that lost at Ibrox last week. They go with a 3-5-2 formation. Robbie McCrory's back in goals. Effie Ambrose makes his debut at the back alongside Kieran Brown and John Guthrie. Five across the middle. Jack McMillan, Stephen Lawson, Scott Pittman, Craig Sibbald and Aaron Taylor-Sinkler with Stephen Lawless just off the main striker, Lyndon Dykes. And on the bench for Livingston, Ryan Schofield, Ricky Lamy, Keegan Jacobs, Robbie Crawford, Eamon Sounder, Scott Robinson and Dolly Menga. And the referee today, Easter Road, is Alan Newlands. Uh, let's keep going around the grounds Pataudry is going to be watched by Dave Galloway Aberdeen against Ross County Hi Gordon, well after Aberdeen's midweek Cup heroics at Kilmarnock they're certainly looking to use that uh, 4-3 extra time triumph as a springboard for the remainder of the campaign as they target the Scottish Cup and third place in the Premiership. The Dons hope victory today can be the catalyst to secure Europa League football for the seventh season in a row and having some battle with um, Motherwell, whom they only lead on goal difference. But Ross County, they need to keep putting points on the board as well. In a bid to move further away from the bottom of the league, they currently sit ninth in the table. And they'll come here uh, fresh and rested and determined to show the same fighting spirit that saw them score in the 94th minute last weekend to earn a draw against St Johnston. Let's look at the teams then. Aberdeen make uh, three changes. In come Logan, Campbell and Cosgrove. Out go McGee. Bryson and Kennedy it's Joe Lewis in goals a back four of Shea Logan, Ash Taylor Scott McKenna and Andy Considine, midfield Conor McLennan, Dean Campbell, Lewis Ferguson and now again up top Curtis Main and Sam Cosgrove substitutes Cherney, Devlin Hernandez, McGeoch Hedges, Kennedy and Anderson three changes also for Ross County, Fontaine, Irwin and Payton replacing Donaldson Draper and Shaw so it's Ross Laidlaw in goals at the back a three of Marcus Fraser Liam Fontaine and Callum Morris five in midfield today Josh Mullen Ian Vigers Don Cowie Harry Payton and Richard Foster with a strike force of Lee Irwin and Billy Mackay for County whose substitutes today are Baxter Kelly Draper Watson Shaw Spittle and Tilson and your match referee here at uh, very sunny but bitterly cold Pitaudry is Gavin Duncan let's hear a bit from Derek McInnes ahead of that one they'll come with a game plan to try and frustrate but they've got some good attacking threats Ross County I don't think they'll just come and sit and defend and, and hope just to get get their clean sheet I think they'll come up with a, in a way I try to cause us problems as well but you know you would have to expect that um, you know we, we the onus is on us to go as it normally is at home um, to try and break the opposition down but you know um, I, I, I've a big admirer what Stuart and Stevie have done up there you know last season coming up uh, winning promotion winning Challenge Cup starting the season so well and where they are now it's given them a little bit of breathing space at the bottom of the league so three big games in the Premiership this afternoon none more so than a Lanarkshire derby at the Foyce Stadium in Hamilton Motherwell making the short trip to face the Ackies Mark Guidi has the team news from that one yeah, thanks very much, Gordon. A cracking game in prospect here at the very windy Hamilton Aki Stadium, the Fountain of Youth Stadium. They play against Motherwell in fourth position, 21 points ahead of their Lanarkshire rivals, Hamilton second bottom. But they will be buoyed by that result and performance, a 2-2 draw uh, against Hearts last week when they were very unfortunate after going two goals up that they lost young Jamie Hamilton to a red card and Hearts managed to claw it back for Motherwell. 
of course, on the back of their uh, superb 4-4 uh, Scottish Cup. They were 4-1 down, got back and then lost on penalty kicks to St Mirren. But Stephen Robinson and his players will hope to take the positives out of that and come here this afternoon and get a victory. For Hamilton, the home team that go with a 4-4-2 formation. It's looked south within goals at the back. Aaron McGowan, Alex Godic, Sean Want and Johnny Hunt. In midfield, Blair Alston will call off Scott Martin and David Templeton. And up front is Maris Onpo and David Moyo on the bench for Brian Rice's team. It's Gourley, McKenna, Winter, Smith, Minor, Riley and Redfern. For Motherwell, they go with a 3-5-2 and it's Mark Gillespie in goals at the back. Declan Gallagher, Liam Donnelly and Peter Hartley. The two wing-backs are Richard Tate and Rolando Ahrens and it's Mark O'Hara, Alan Campbell and Liam Polworth in the middle of the park with a top two of Tony Watt and Christopher Long on the bench for Stephen Robinson's team it's Carson, Grimshaw, Seedorf Hilton, Maguire, Mugabe and McIver and today's match referee here at the Fountain of Youth Stadium is Colin Stephen Roger had Hannah alongside me Roger, what do you make of both sides and how they'll come into this on the back of the, the previous results? Well, I think it's a huge game for Hamilton, Mark, especially with the game at St Mirren postponed last night. They could have entered this game bottom of the Premiership as, as they've now got a chance to leap above St Mirren out of the relegation playoff place. And it would be a huge bonus for Brian Rice. You know, a time when he has so many injuries, he's got a bench filled with homegrown kids, 17, 18-year-olds. He's got the longest injury list in the Premiership. And if he could get a win in this derby this afternoon, what a boost it would be for the season. Finally, how important both managers appear to go for front two partnerships. Unpo and Moyle, very good together, Tyn Castle last week. And we've got Tony Watt and Christopher Long, who looked to have the makings of a good partnership too. Yeah, I, I think Unpo and Moyle together, have, they look as dangerous as any pairing. Brian Rice has tried a few this season, young Andrew Winter played the other week, Stephen Davis has played a lot, George Oakley, before he was injured, come in. But Ogunpo looks as if he's carrying as big a goal threat as any Aki striker at any point in this season. It's a good partnership with Moyo up there. They're big, they're strong, they hold the ball up, they take Aki's up the pitch. I think they'll test this new look. Motherwell back three this afternoon. And it'll be interesting at the other end to see how Tony Watt and Christopher Long work together. A lot of the times this season, Stephen Robinson's gone with a three-alone striker, people in wide areas supporting him. This is an old-fashioned front two, and it'll be interesting to see how they settle down, because after losing the leaks of James Scott to Hull in January, you wonder where the goals are going to come from on a regular basis for Motherwell. Thanks very much, Roger. A cracking game here in Prospect in Lanarkshire. Hamilton, a victory will take them out of the bottom two and above St Mirren. And for Motherwell, a victory will give them a chance to overtake Aberdeen and back into third spot. It's Hamilton against Motherwell. We picked ourselves up on the Wednesday, spoke about it. I've been Motherwell manager for quite a while now, and there's always a period in the season. There is always a period in the season where things don't go quite your way. Things go against you. It's usually around about October, between October and December. So we've managed the last until February before we've had a little spell. So the, the quicker we come out of it, the better. We've got a lot of points on the board. We're still joint third. And there's a lot to play for, you know. And we've been punished for mistakes as well as well as injuries. We've been punished very much for mistakes. So we can control that. We control what we do. We can tweak things slightly coaching-wise um, in terms of don't be too predictable. So we'll do that. We'll do our bit. And you just hope for a little bit of luck to change. And I'm convinced it will. Well, interesting games all round. How much has that Astonishing cup tie with St Mirren 
with extra time and penalty kicks taken out of Motherwell's legs. Uh, how much would Brian Rice like to go further away from Hearts at the foot of the table? Hearts game called off last night. Chance for a psychological advantage if you're Brian Rice, even though he hates windy weather. Aberdeen at home to Ross County. Aberdeen have dropped 18 <coughs> points at Batordry this season, the equivalent of six defeats. But I don't expect to drop anything today. And Hibbs playing Livy. Livy are Jack Ross's bogey team. He's met them eight times as St Mirren and Hibbs manager, and he's won two. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're important games. If you look across the board here, you know, the, the importance. I think the Aki's one for me is really, they've managed to get some decent results, some decent performances, but not quite accumulated the points. It's an opportunity to try and get uh, one over on your local rivals as well. Uh, Aberdeen, we're hoping, as you rightly say, Hugh, because you nicked through the, the cup, a hard-fought one through the middle of the week. Mm. And the important thing is to get your league form going in the same direction, get into that quarter-final and trying to nick that third spot in the league. Just to go back to Hamilton and speak to Mark Guidi and Roger Hanna, Brian Rice was the first man I can remember to discuss wind meters being introduced in Scottish football. If we had one at the Ackies today, would it be going off the charts? Are we going to get much of a game? Uh, the, the wind is is really bad. Uh, the, the, the corner flags are, are, are bent over. They're, they're, they're doubling over, and uh, they'll do well to survive the uh, the 90 minutes. So we just told, listen. The pitch with it being uh, 4G, it's in good enough condition. Absolutely no problem with that at all. It's um, just uh, normal uh, here. But in terms of the wind, there, there is no doubt, Roger, that it's got the potential to be an absolute game spoiler. Yeah, and you know yourself here at the Foy Stadium, it's unprotected on two sides, you know, you've only got Morrison's at one side and, and Iceland in the other, so that's not going to give as much protection I from think the it, I think it's mostly Sainsbury's behind the goal, if, if you would like to just get that correct. Mm. That's maybe behind the, the, the stand behind the goal. Right, OK. Bit of it's a supermarket arena, we'll 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 Morrison's it looks like. Yeah. But yeah... <laughs> Well, there's Sainsbury's, you're right, Gordon, there's Sainsbury's as well. They're all there, we're just missing a Tesco, they're all there. Other supermarkets are available, obviously. Uh, But we've been through all four seasons in one afternoon so far at Hamilton, so anything could happen. But it was Brian Rice that spoke the other week about stopping football, installing wind meters at stadiums, and if the wind gets up to a certain level, calling the game off. I know the game at Peterhead was called off the other week. Um, We're braced for something wintry. Yeah, I think we are. I think that's going to be the same across the board. A couple of games, of course, one in the east, one in the northeast. So um, maybe slightly different situation there. In terms of, of on the on the part, the product, the the form between the two sides, Mark and Roger, actually neither come into this in in good form. Really, seven without a win for Hamilton, six without a win for Motherwell. Now, of course, you dig a bit deeper. There are some other circumstances there. Aki's having a tough run of form. Motherwell will take a bit of confidence from the second half performance, certainly, against St Mirren in the Cup when they come back from 4-1 down. But either way, no one goes into it with, with great form behind them. Well, I mean, I, I watched Hamilton last week, Gordon, and uh, up until the red card uh, for young Jamie Hamilton, uh, which, you know, for me, it wasn't a red card. Uh, Hamilton were absolutely cruising. They got their tactics spot on the front two. They pressed hearts. Hearts dilly-dallying with the ball uh, at the back and, and uh, Hamilton Aki's punished him and had, for me, had, had Hamilton not gone down to 10 men after 20 minutes, Hamilton would have won that game 3 or 4 now for sure, so they had the absolute beating of Hearts that was circumstances that uh, that caused them not to take the 3 points but they still came away with a, with a battling point because Hearts did uh, batter them uh, in the second half of the one-man advantage and, and as for Motherwell, 
Roger, uh, you know, as, as Hugh said, it remains to be seen how much energy will have been sapped out of them after their, their midweek exploits against St Mirren in the Cup. Yeah, and, and also psychologically, what a setback that was. They, they would have felt, having got the draw in Paisley, they, they should win the replay in their own patch. It would then have given them a home quarter final. You can see a path to at least a semi-final at Hamden. It's a big blow for Motherwell getting knocked out um, as well as you know the physical rigours of two hours against St Mirren and, and that weather the other night on a heavy pitch um, it'll be fascinating to see whether they can raise themselves physically and psychologically it is a derby they'll have a lot of supporters here across the road from Motherwell and, and it's you know a, they've lost Jake Carroll they've lost other players you know I think he's out for seven months it's a huge setback for the player and for Stephen Robinson this is a big game for Motherwell yeah, and also, it's going to be an absolute cracker, Gordon. Sorry, Mark, I was just going to talking about the the fact that you know Ham- Hamilton at home. There's this perception that because they're one of only three clubs with the artificial surface, you know that that it really goes in their favour, and, and and that's where a lot of their form is built on. But actually, if you dig a bit deeper, Hamilton have picked up 11 points at home this season and nine away, so there's not really much difference there. And actually, I think they've only won one of their last eight home derbies, so it doesn't doesn't follow that logic when these two meet in Hamilton. It doesn't. You, you've been doing a lot of digging. You get a shovel for your yeah, birthday or something. Yeah, a lot of research. It's a uh, mis- mis- miserable morning, so I thought I would put myself to good use. <laughs> right, well, I'd, I was unaware of that, but that is a, a right good stat you're giving us here. Gordon only won one at home and uh, eight derbies, but but we know yourself. You know that you never rule uh, Hamilton out. But I think if there's one team that uh, I would fancy with it being a derby and coming here, even though it's a disappointment of losing um, to St Mirren in midweek, I, I do have a sneaky for, for Motherwell this afternoon. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. And, and they've tend to have victories here in the last year or two. I don't need to tell you, Gordon, after doing your research, that I've kicked them on. If you remember, just before the winter break last season, Motherwell were in the bottom six and were struggling. Came here, Tom Aldridge scored two goals, they won the game, and it really kicked on after the winter break. And at the start of this season, the game when Jamie Hamilton was sent off, handball on the line, the one here, and that kicked them on to a really good start to this season. So perhaps another derby win at the Foy Stadium can blow away the cobwebs of that cup replay defeat and drive them forward to challenge Aberdeen for this Europa League place Now away from the games this afternoon we've had some breaking news just before we came on air there's been a big development in the James Keating dive gate and I'll give you the, the very latest if you can keep up with it next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Three big games in the Premiership today. Two to follow tomorrow. Alex Ray, Craig Beatty, and Hugh Evans in the studio. The top team all around the grounds. But let's break away from today's football for just a moment or 20. Because this story has had everyone going in Scottish football this week and there has been a development. Let me try and bring you up to speed. The Scottish FA said it will hold a fresh appeal after Inverness striker James Keating's caution for diving which means the original verdict is cancelled if for some reason you've been living under a rock and you haven't seen this Keating's was shown a second yellow card by Greg Aitken during the Challenge Cup semi-final against Rangers Colts he was then sent off and that meant he would miss the final against Wraith Rovers everybody with functioning eyes agreed that it was the wrong decision apart from the Scottish FA's disciplinary panel which ruled that the original decision had to stand cue outrage from everyone in here fans everywhere Gary Lineker was getting involved on Twitter everybody had their say well there has been a development this afternoon and the panel um, the Scottish FA says this afternoon that a member of that independent panel that heard the appeal has come 
forward to say that they did not review all the evidence before reaching the decision. So the governing bodies now ruled the decision is invalid and a new hearing will be held by a new three-man panel. It's a fairly lengthy statement. You can see it on our social media channels uh, at Clyde SSB or on the website. Um, I'll try and skim read it and pick out some of the, the key lines. There's the key paragraph, really. Specifically, one of the panel members has advised that despite raising no concerns throughout the process, they did not undertake their obligations with respect to the consideration of all the available Evidence. Okay. It's, uh, it's a welcome development because a miscarriage of justice had taken place. It is an embarrassing development because at a time when the SFA's disciplinary procedures are coming under fire from Rangers and other clubs who believe that the disciplinary procedures are unfit for purpose, it's an embarrassing development. Effectively, one person did not do their job properly. Now, that being the case, why did they initially tell James Keatings that his appeal had been thrown out? Why, if they knew that someone had not done their job properly, did they allow James Keatings to believe that he would miss the final? And now having admitted that someone didn't do their job properly, who came forward first? Did the man come forward first and say, listen, I didn't do my job properly? Or did they go to him and say, I don't think you've done your mm. job properly? <clears throat> well, however you look at it, it's the right decision to have a fresh appeal and he will obviously win it because there's no way in this world that he can lose it under these circumstances. <laughs> now that but, would be, so, that would be well, quite something. You're yeah, too experienced that, to say that, that here. <laughs> that, that would take us truly into Monty Python country. But now the SFA have more or less owned up to the clubs who say your system is unfit for mm. purpose. They have today conceded that is the case. Fraser Wishart, Mark Guidi, Roger Hanna, I'm sure all three of you will be queuing up to take a swing at this one, so don't let me hold you back. Whoever wants to go first, take it away. Yeah, I'll be coming with my PFA Scotland hat on. Great news for James Keatings and great news for the dogs in the street because as Inverness said in their statement in midweek, even they knew it was a ridiculous decision um, I believe the panel member who didn't do his job properly will not be invited back onto S any of these SFA panels but w what it will do as well as freeing James for the final next month it will spark a real review of all disciplinary processes at the SFA Stuart Robertson of Rangers Alan Burrows of Motherwell Leon Dempster of Hibs have all spoken about this this week and I think by the time next season kicks off you will see big changes in the SFA rulebook Let's hear the big PFA Scotland verdict, Fraser. Well, I'm just pleased for James Keatings. Uh, when I saw it on Sunday, I immediately contacted him and, and he was so down and so upset by it. And I said, you can appeal it. And that came actually from PFA Scotland, forcing a rule change a number of years ago. There was a bit of resistance from the people high up at the SFA at that time. And uh, we managed to push through because it's unusual to appeal a yellow card. But when you're using video evidence to, to sanction players with too much bans, my argument was you have to allow players to appeal it. So it's very unusual. And when I told him, he was absolutely delighted. I said, get the club involved, get them in quickly. And they did all their jobs. So when I, I found out, Wednesday that this decision had, had, had taken place 
it was just reacted with astonishment uh, to, to it and I phoned James and he, and he was really I think the word gutted it was, doesn't even cover it you know he was so upset by the whole thing and, and it's been discussed uh, for, 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 for many days um, I, I agree with you I think it does raise questions about the process does quite raise questions about panel members it does raise questions about, about what, what the, the person actually did when you're not undertaking the role properly what does that mean and I think James would, would be um, would welcome uh, the opportunity to actually understand what happened on the day and why did that person not do their job because that's worrying it's worrying because that person was also we'd be t- looking at other matters as well on that day um, right up and down the, the, the sort of scale of, of Scottish football so, so please with them but remember somebody else at least one there's three panel members it had to be either 3-0 or 2-1 somebody else voted and did his job properly and still voted I mean it was an astonishing decision by the panel members but in the end I think fortunately for the SFA because there's no mechanism to overturn it somebody hasn't done their job properly and I'm just delighted for James Keatings because a cup final at any level in professional football for a, for a football player comes around few and far between and I know how pleased he will be as an individual Mark Greedy I don't expect everyone to sit back and say oh that's good then you know at least we arrived at the right decision happy days well done everyone we move on but, but, but there is a part of that which is important people wanted something anything to, to change about the outcome the main thing that people wanted to see was, was James Keatings to play in the final at the very least that's happened and then we can we can move on with the inquest you know as, as the days and weeks progress yeah the most important thing was that, that, that justice gets done and, and we're still to get that final decision but I'm sure James Keatings will be available to play against Wraith Rovers we were on the programme on, on, on Wednesday night with, with Craig Beatty as well Gordon and, and we couldn't believe it when you watch footage of it it's incredible that they, that they reached that decision but for me too it, it, it raises a wider issue the whole the, the whole thing and that is there's a lack of trust between referees towards players and football clubs and the PFA have, have got a role to play in this as well as I've said many times because there should be an element where a player and a referee should be able to trust each other so that if James Casey listen ref I've not died there I've been touched but they don't trust each other and PFA and football clubs and players are always quick to come out and slaughter referees or slaughter panels when decisions aren't made the right ones but what about players that do cheat on a regular basis and do dive to deceive a a fellow member of their profession and more importantly deceiving a referee that can make a referee look like a clown that's a bigger issue that has to be addressed as well maybe one for another day because this one wasn't a dive it definitely is a, is a valid point but I want to try and stay with the the, the sort of procedure if you like Roger Hanna th- th- this idea that the you know the procedure the system the protocol is not fit for purpose you couldn't really mount a, a serious defence of that at this moment in time but having said that I wonder if that is really what's at play here or is it just one individual has not done their job well on the face of it one individual has put their hands up to not doing their job but I think what that does it casts doubt over the whole process you know the players when they appeal these decisions like James Keating they put their trust in people to do the jobs properly but you know if you read the Inverness statement in great detail they worry that the people who are on the panel are the wrong type of people they would like a mixture of people not just former referees, former players people who have been involved in the game perhaps former managers who are out of work who have a, a broader look at the game rather than just the rule book and the incident because anyone looking at that James Keating's decision the other day knows it's not a die there's contact with Kieran Dixon he's gone down, it's a ridiculous yellow card now there's 
human error from referee Greg Aiken, but that was compounded by human error on the panel. And they need a more robust system and a broader bed of people who are sitting on these panels. Yeah, Hugh, like I say, you, you can't really defend the, the way it's played out, but in terms of finding an appropriate solution, I thought the whole point of this was to guard us against accusations of well that decision was made because he used to manage that team or he used to, to play for that team so are, are we now saying that we want to go back to that which to me just seems like we would end up with a different set of problems we, if there's a if there's a problem to be had we'll find it uh, yeah of course uh, there's a a twofold concern here we're approaching the end of the most fiercely contested league title ever and we're approaching the end of the Scottish Cup where, for example, Celtic might have a quadruple treble at stake or Rangers might have their first trophy for a decade at stake. And we now have a disciplinary system which has been held up to ridicule, and rightly so. We've now got the hokey-cokey surrounding James Keatings. Also, I think it's time, never mind who he played for, it's time to appoint a set panel who will look at disciplinary matters. The very best former players and referees. And as I say, never mind social media. And he played for them and he played for that one. Rise above all that and have a panel who are named, who are highly respected and who can sit in judgment of cases like this one without the whole thing descending into farce, what, which it now has. What is the point of having them named? Yeah, them? What, what is the point other than to blame? Because that's all we do. That's all, The only reason we, in this part of the world, need a name is because we want to know who to blame. Yeah, but if you, There's no other reason yeah, for it. Yeah, no, but we can... What we do can, you benefit from? We can rise above this part of the world. Okay, but how do you or anyone else benefit from knowing the name of a person who made the decision? Well, because we always say that transparency is of paramount importance. I see nothing wrong with saying, look, here are our established panel of experts. L loads of domestic, European and international experience behind them. And a prominent okay. refer ex-referee. Okay. I'm fully in agreement why. with you. I agree with you. Um, and I think it just would highlight the, the calibre of people, ex-players, ex-referees, ex that's actually making the decisions. I think then the public know, and they would know the level of people that are, who are operating. Would you would you put your name to the decision which ruled Alfredo Morelos out of the, a title decider at Celtic Park? You won't get people on this panel. Would you put your people name to that decision? We live, in a place, we live in a place where people are battering on people's doors, causing all sorts of problems, referees getting the police at the door. No one would put their name forward. I don't think it's necessary at all. Let the panel make the decision. And there will always be an uproar one way or another. But to put their name out there is asking listen, for trouble. Alec, we have a compliance officer and everyone knows her name is Claire White. This is not her problem. She passes on the James Keatings case to a three-man panel. I mean, it's still her problem, but I get, I get what you're saying. She didn't now, make this the minute, final call. The minute Claire White was appointed the compliance officer... The school she attended will have been Googled a thousand times. That's not my problem. It's not your problem or anyone else's problem. It's the problem of those on social media who are dim-witted. We have to rise above the dim-wits. But, but that's the thing, it's not just social media. Alex is telling you about real-life examples. On you go. <coughs> Mark? Gordon, you're absolutely right. Hugh, you can't, and you're saying rise above it. Yeah, 
normal people can rise above it, but unfortunately we don't have enough normal people. And it's people that live for moments like apportioning blame, or chatting somebody's door, or putting their name and address on, on out on the internet, or whatever. So you, you, you can't, and I like your idea about former pros and referees getting yep, together, but I don't uh, I don't think you could have any former Celtic or Rangers on it because, again, that would lead to all sorts of problems and accusations. So I think, unfortunately, in this part of the world, I think anonymity is absolutely paramount. Fraser, let me just bring you back in on something that, that you touched on earlier, and I've, I've just been trying to get this straight in my head. This was just a... A majority decision that was delivered by the panel, wasn't it? It wasn't a unanimous one. I, I actually don't know, but but it had to be at least a majority decision. I don't know if it was 2-1 yeah, yeah. or 3 nil, so it had to be at least. So somebody else, either one or both of the other panel members, came to the same that's decision as the one yeah, who didn't do his yeah. job. So, 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 so maybe that's something that is going to get conveniently overlooked for the Scottish FA, Fraser, because that sounds like more of a concern than anything. So... Yeah. I am. I, I'm just making sure I'm right in saying that someone's come forward and said they didn't do their job properly, but yeah. someone else who thinks they did do their job properly still thinks that was a dive. Yeah, and, and that's that's where the whole debate about former players and former refs. You don't have to be a former player or anything to to, to look at the James Keating one and and and, and the right, to, you know, and see that was not a uh, simulation. I mean, it's just clear a, a decision and, uh, than you could ever could ever have. As simple a decision you could ever have, you know. So actually, it was about ten years ago before Stuart Reagan changed brought in the judicial panel. There was a panel put together, and we at PFA Scotland had former former players on it, and that was it was a former ref, former manager, and a former player, and they would decide on on field matters. But everything's been taken in now to the one place. So this panel who decided on James Keating's thing would have also had to have dealt with amateur registrations or things in the women's football or club academy Scotland or youth football. It's a whole day they spend looking at the process, and, and I think we just have to take the stuff that's going to deal with the SPFL in particular on field matters because that's where our, our members. It's a livelihoods, you know, it's their jobs and have a specific panel to deal with on-field incidents. That would make it simpler and I agree, let's bring in panels panels of players. I don't think Mark's right, you could have Celtic and Rangers, play, uh, former Rangers and Celtic players on the panel, but you'd have to have a situation where you couldn't deal with a matter that was related to your own club. So you could have an Aberdeen a former Aberdeen player looking at a Celtic and Rangers uh, incident. You could have a Celtic and Rangers former player looking at James Keating's incident. There's no conflict there. And, and I think, I, I, but I do disagree with, with you, I, I think we'd have to keep it confident you know, have Fraser, to be confidential. Fraser, have a list that you pull from. Are we to accept? Am I to understand that we have to accept that this country is so lawless, so given to violence, that if we name people who sit in judgment of a football matter, they may be physically it's harmed. It's not necessarily always about that, but what do you gain from it? What what what, what difference would it really make? What material difference would it make to you the would, outcome? You would, you would gain self-respect. Who would? Everybody. Because you would then not be condoning the fact that you have to have anonymity in case there's physical harm. Yeah, but that's done. what I'm saying. Even if you move that aside, forget that it's been a concern. What is the point? What's the selling point? What what positive difference does it make? Here are the three members of our panel. Here we have experience of the highest level, integrity of the highest level. Here they are. Why can't you name them? Why can't you say? These are the guys that will decide on these matters from now on. They have the. the I'm still not sure you've. I'm still it. not sure you've said anything as to what positive aspect that would bring. Though. I I can't believe that you you don't see that anonymity is a bad thing. <laughs> anonymity, you're you're owning up to the fact that you live in a country where you might be physically harmed if you give a judgment against a certain football team. Am I supposed to believe that's a satisfactory arrangement? 
Still nothing though Let's give let's give Roger Hanna the final word. He's usually the voice of reason in these things. Well, listen, his point <laughs> sort of. is valid. In, in a civilised, proper society, in the interest of transparency, it would be fantastic if we could have a three-man panel, name a former player, name a former referee, name a former manager. Unfortunately, the reality in Scottish football in 2020 is that we're not sufficiently grown up and the points that Mark and Fraser and the boys make about these three men on the panel putting themselves in the line of fire it's true it's true and there are enough people in social media and in society who would target these people for abuse and then online abuse verbal abuse and unfortunately you couldn't rule out the threat of actual physical abuse anyway it's well, terrible to say so but it's the way it's the way it is three big games to look forward to this afternoon less than 20 minutes to go Hamilton, Motherwell Aberdeen, Ross County Hibs, Livingston so we'll park that one for now we'll maybe get back to it on the open line and we'll get three big kickoffs. fast approaching next back around the grounds Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors compensation you deserve when there's been foul play talk to thompsons.com three big premiership games this afternoon two to follow tomorrow the weather hasn't caused too much havoc with the top flight a couple down the divisions though we were certainly looking forward to Partick Thistle Dunfermline that is off we were looking forward Hugh to reviewing St Mirren against Hearts yeah. um, but unfortunately um, not much we can do about it you got blown from Mulgai down to the studio this afternoon I came you with a 60 bus you can travel freeway <laughs> in my world um, St Mirren not playing last night against Hearts it could intensify the pressure on Daniel Stendhal if the Ackies beat the wind and Motherwell at the same time. Uh, and the last thing Daniel Stendhal needs at the moment is any more pressure than the stuff he's already living with. Uh, so it's a big day for Brian Rice. Uh, let's go back to Hamilton, Motherwell. I, I really wish we didn't have to do constant weather updates <laughs> at this time of year, Mark and Roger, but I'm just sort of checking in to see if the conditions have improved or if they've worsened and, and what impact that might have on, on the game as we approach kickoff. Well, as, as you know, in the, the press box here, we're under undercover, we're, we're, we're okay from the, from the elements, so we're using the, uh, the corner flags as, as our guide line of barometer and so far it looks okay Roger the rain a little bit of a drizzle but it's not I wouldn't say it's wild it's not game threatening is it? No it's certainly not game threatening I'm looking away to my right behind the goal where there's no stand and you, you see the big netting that's up in the advertising nets if you like they are getting a very good buffeting but I don't think it's anything that we put the game into and down 10 minutes ago the players are just going through the last bit of their warm-ups very much game on and we're looking forward to what we believe will be the game of the day yeah, it should be a good one building up to it. As we said earlier, two teams that not not really um, in great form. I wonder how much confidence Stephen Robinson will take, guys, from the fact that it's really their away record that's been, well, certainly better than the home record this season for Motherwell. Yeah, it, it has been. But you look, um, Gordon, as you know, you know to, I think for Motherwell to amass 41 points, um, you know, I think is really good uh, going. As you say, the form recently has, has not been overly good but they amassed enough points early in the season got off to a good run and every club out with Celtic and Rangers history will tell you look down the, through the seasons most of the clubs will go five, six, seven games without a win they'll just nick a point here or there and, and Motherwell on that we up just now but I, I think they can turn it around today I think they will push Aberdeen uh, all the way for that for that third spot I think that's a fight that can go to the wire and we look at some of the players that um, 
that Stephen Robinson uh, lost and you know mainly David uh, Turnbull who's been unavailable uh, all season other couple of boys he's had to rebuild Christopher Long's been been brilliant addition for them Hilton's come in and, and you know managed to do well too uh, has his seed off at times Gillespie's been solid enough for them too at the back so I think uh, you know out with Celtic and Rangers have got the biggest resources etc etc Motherwell uh, definitely so far team of the season uh, he was hugely critical Stephen Robinson Roger of his back four the other night or, or the central defender certainly so much so that at half time he, well, he sort of he took them all off didn't he he played a back three in the second half with no uh, recognised central defenders Declan Gallagher's exempt from blame I think he was unwell um, but Peter Hartley back in so I'm sure Stephen Robinson will be quite keen to, to hope that they don't make any similar mistakes today yeah, I'll be fascinated to see how this new system works. Now, Beavis Mugabe's back down to the bench. The, the big blow is obviously the loss of Jake Carroll until early next season because of this Achilles injury. So Liam Donnelly will be back and almost in a sweeper role between the two centre-halves where he played in the second half against St Mirren on Tuesday night. Rolando Aaron signed as a winger is now going to be a, a left wing back we believe this afternoon and it's two up front as we spoke about earlier on it's not just long it's not just what it's the two of them together it'll be very interesting to see how that how that works against that an inexperienced Hamilton back four I think it's Gogic and Want together for the first time at centre back Johnny Hunt press gang in at left back so that'll be interesting I'm just looking at a decent mother will support across to the left I think I think Mark and I can spot Gordon Dillon among them he'll be looking forward to seeing these two mother strikers <laughs> I was just wondering if he had made, what, what did he, he spot? Made the trip. What part of his body was it? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think we better leave that one there in case he's listening because there's no chance he's at the game, that's for sure. Let's go back to Aberdeen against Ross County. Dave Galloway, I wonder how big a week it actually was for Derek McInnes when you think of what, what could have been. A lot of fans not too happy. You've got that horrible challenge of, of going down to Hamilton on a difficult night. Let, let's say he had lost that. He had got a doing against Celtic, which can happen and has happened and then goes out the cup all in the space of a week however he's flipped it in his head he's done the opposite I know he lost against Celtic but it was respectable and I'd imagine he's breathing a huge sigh of relief after those three games yeah absolutely I mean you uh, could notice the difference in uh, Derek McInnes's uh, demeanour after these uh, uh, great results um, you know it was a great performance a very good performance against Celtic despite the defeat but you know it, it was like a huge weight like you say had been lifted off his shoulders you know many saw uh, Wednesday night's cup tight Kilmarnock as season defining for Aberdeen um, me included you know defeat uh, could have seen their campaign unravel and, and could really have put Derek McInnes under severe pressure but you know they, they dug so deep didn't they to score twice in the last two minutes incredibly of extra time and you know win 4-3 of course next weekend a huge game they have a chance to reach the semi-final of the cup when they visit St Mirren but you know they must forget all about that for now fully focus on the task in hand Ross County won't make it easy that's for sure they're dogged and determined and you know they'll aim to use their fighting spirit to make it a, a really difficult afternoon for their hosts Hugh we've got a good battle for third because Aberdeen and Motherwell are, are level on points but if you look at Hibs and Livingston they're not far behind at all No uh, I do think Aberdeen eventually will take it because they've got a higher quality of player uh, but it was a real big result for Derek McInnes in midweek I accept that, that Aberdeen played very well against Celtic however they still lost and it was three of the 18 points that they've lost at Petrodri this season far too high for Aberdeen if Derek had had a Cup exit Then Questions would have been asked uh, But I I do think that he Eventually 
will finish third, which is as high as Aberdeen or anybody else is ever going to get. Yeah, only one win in 11 for Ross County. Even Sam Cosgrove, I know it was a penalty, but back amongst the goals for Aberdeen during the week. So maybe uh, things looking a bit more optimistic for the Dons at the moment. Let's go to Hibs against <coughs> Livy. The Jack Ross effect, Fraser, at the start, it, it looked like he was going to have an instant impact. Of course, these things do take a bit of time. There's been a... There's been wobbles here and there But overall I think they've lost one of their last nine games And that was a pretty close 2-1 defeat At Ibrox So Hibs are on a decent run of form at the moment Yeah I think it was a really good time for Jack to take over From Hibs because they had a good squad of players And uh, although they had a poor start to the season A couple of quick wins And all of a sudden they've gone from maybe 11th to, to, to 6th Or something like that So all of a sudden there's a feel-good factor around the club And the fans are coming back And, and they have kicked on You know, He's playing quite an open, expansive style of football He's playing with a couple of strikers uh, And uh, Deutsch I think plays better with a striker Beside him it was Camberry But now at the moment it's Mark McNulty So uh, you know, Deutsch is an out-and-out goal scorer He's in the box and McNulty does all the kind of dirty Outside of him. I'm really looking forward to seeing Greg Doherty in the flesh as well in the midfield, Scott Allen as well. Doherty looks as if he's really kicked on since I last saw him playing uh, probably for Hampton Ackies actually a while ago. It was really strong and powerful and the, the, the worst thing he's doing is actually playing so well for for uh, for Hibs that if, if Jack, and I'm sure he does, wants to sign at the end of the season then his price tag will, will go up. But they'll find it hard. You mentioned earlier about it being a, a bogey team, Livingston for Jack Ross personally, even when he was at St Murn, they couldn't seem to get by them and they lost 2-0 just at the turn of the year uh, for at at Livingston for Hibs as well so this will be a difficult game but I do think Hibs will get the points going to fifth place and they are looking up they're looking at third and Jack's saying it openly he's showing ambition he's saying to his players come on let's go for third and you know and if they keep up this form then they've got, a, they've got half a chance Yeah and we, we always stick up for Livingston Fraser because I feel like they do get a bit of a uh, an unfair reputation when they get the ball down they can play good football they do play good football it sometimes gets overlooked however there's no secret that they really do make their home form count and I think even amongst the away games that they win a lot of them tend to be on the artificial surfaces as well so much so I think they've won two league games on grass since they came back into the top flight at the start of last season so if there's room for improvement it's clearly away from home yeah absolutely and I think you're right you know they, they do get criticised and, and I'm, I'm not a particular football snob you like to see good football getting played but uh, you know for a team that's got maybe a thousand home supporters got a low budget can, can only bring in certain types of players I think all the players deserve huge credit for, for the way that they go about their, their business and their huge professionalism and their, and their fitness but it is a problem away from home and, and I don't know what that is I don't know I'm, I'm not one who thinks artificial is a particularly an advantage it's just one of these things where they don't seem to travel well but um, yeah they're, they're a strong team they're a powerful team they go back to front Dykes battles away but then when they play in the, the opponent's final third they get good footballers Pittman I think is very underrated Stephen Lawrence probably been their best player outside the Dykes this season he's been excellent as well so they'll, they'll be a, a thorn in the flesh of, 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 of Hibs but I do think Hibs in the end will win this one by a couple of goals Three big games in the top flight plenty more in the lower leagues as well kickoff is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors they play to win every time talk to thompsons.com full time at Pataudry Dave Galloway how are they taking it up there? Uh, booze uh, ringing round the, the ground Aberdeen 1 Ross County 2 after Cowie blasted well wide from 30 yards for County the Dons carved out a few openings in the first half McGinn's free kick um, from a similar distance went just over the bar he hit another one wide and Cosgrove dragged a low shot from the edge of the box past the post the hosts went ahead deservedly after 28 minutes McGinn's uh, short corner played in by Campbell and headed on by 
Cosgrove with Maine pouncing to score from close range. Aberdeen were down to 10 men on, on 31, a second yellow card for Campbell after he didn't go back 10 yards for uh, a county free kick. He stuck his leg out and the referee immediately gave him a second yellow and therefore uh, a red card. Worse was to follow for the host on 43 minutes. Ross County equalised and Mackay heading in Foster's cross from the left-hand side. A few minutes after the break, County nearly scored a second goal. McKenna was woefully short with a back pass and Lewis made two very good saves in quick succession to deny first Mackay and then Irwin. Just after that, a brilliant double save at the other end as Laidlaw touched Ferguson's 25-yard shot onto the post then kept out McGinn's follow-up. Although Aberdeen were a man shot, they were giving a, a good account of themselves. However, their goalie Lewis made another superb save to turn Mullins deflected 20-yarder behind. Then in 88 minutes, Mackay scored his and County's second goal. Cowie's ball picked him out and the striker hit an excellent finish across Lewis and into the bottom corner of the net to give County a much-needed uh, victory as they try and climb the table. It's finished. Aberdeen 1, Ross County 2. My Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard man of the match. It can only be Billy Mackay for two very well-taken goals. And it's also full time in the Lanarkshire Derby. Hamilton against Mullerwell. Here's Mark Guidi and Roger Hanna. Time, Hamilton Aki's nil, Mullerwell nil. And a great point for Stephen Robinson's men. Down to 10 men after 37 minutes when striker Christopher Long received his second yellow card of the match from referee Colin Stephen. But Mullerwell provided a very good performance and more than worthy of a point. Indeed, in the last 10 minutes, they could have made it all three, but they were denied twice in the closing stages. And the bonus for Mullerwell with Aberdeen losing is that Mullerwell now up into third spot in the table, one point ahead of the Dons for Hamilton Ackies they feel they should have won the game it was there for them with the one man advantage but still in the current circumstances it is a precious point for them Ackies could have taken the lead after just three minutes on pole was clean through but a good save from Gillespie denied him it was fairly even after that then long his marching orders in the 37th minute after the break more clear-cut chances really for Motherwell uh, David Templeton had won for Hamilton Ackies and Winter young Winter came off the bench and live and Brian Rice's team up but it was in the closing stages that Motherwell could have snatched a victory Declan Gallagher 10 minutes from time had a shot uh, at the far post and it was blocked a brilliant block by Alex Godjic to deny a goal and then in stoppage time Liam Polworth cleaned through burst through from the middle of the park and he brought out an excellent stop from Southwood the Hamilton Ackies goalkeeper over the piece Motherwell will be happy but even though they were down to 10 men they probably feel they should have won the game. The Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard man of the match is the Motherwell player Liam Donnelly. And for you, Roger, Hannah, Motherwell feel that they should have won the game? Yeah, they had all the chances in the last 10 minutes. Hamilton just ran out of ideas, man. They had a lot of possession in the first half hour of the second half, but it was a glaring lack of quality in the final third. I thought young Lewis Smith, young Andy Winter, they, they livened them up temporarily, but any time in the last third, they, they didn't test Mark Gillespie enough, David Temple off target a couple of times when he, he should have tested a goalkeeper, and as you say as the game went on, Mother will look the team more likely to win, even in the 95th minute, Jermaine Hilton, the substitute, blazing one over the top, Stephen Robinson will be pleased, they're back to third, and I think probably, on reflection, Brian Rice will take the point, they're a fun further away from Hearts, and it gives them a better chance of staying up. 
Full time here in Lanarkshire. Hamilton Aki's nil, Motherwell nil. What about the capital then? Hibs against Livingston is finished, and Fraser Wishart's going to tell us what happened. Hibernian won, Livingston won as you were for these two, both chasing a top three place, but the draw was a fair result. Christian Dodge opened the scoring for Hibs early in the second half, but they couldn't hang on for long enough, and Aaron Taylor Sinclair he quickly equalised for the visitors. The biggest incident of the first half was a 22nd minute penalty miss by Scott Allen. Martin Boyle crossing the right hand side, struck Aaron Taylor Sinclair on the hand. I thought it was a harsh decision, it was very close range, the fullback, but the referee pointed to the spot. Up stepped Allen, excellent save by Robbie McCrory, diving full stretch, low to his right to turn the ball. Doherty was close for Hibs with a shot and McCrory again for a good save and Marciano had to tip over a Lawson shot that was the closest Livingston came to scoring it was a better game to watch in the second half they did open the scoring Hibs in the 50th minute Greg Doherty had a low cross into the 6th yard but it's really good front post run by Christian Doig and he turned the ball high into the back of the net the warning signs immediately though were there for Hibs Dykes headed wide from a lawless cross he should have done better but Hibs didn't heed the warning another lawless cross in 56 minutes really good cross curling into the back post from the right hand side and left wing back Taylor Sinclair ghosted in to score with his left foot as he was unmarked and the Hibs defence stood still Hibs fans didn't enjoy that and began to show their frustration as did Jack Ross he threw on young Fraser Murray for Scott Allen and the young midfield player immediately involved in everything that Hibs did and he brought out a really good save from McCrory with a low left foot shot and as Hibs pushed hard for the winner Livingston are still very dangerous on the break brilliant play by Lawless again control and then a pass set up Scott Pittman who shot just over from 8 yards and then sub Ayman Souder bent a free kick over Marciano from the wide area but onto the top of the net before the one Hibs chance in stoppage time Martin Boyle looked like he was going to get onto a loose ball but Robbie McCrory quickly off his line to block at the winger's feet. A bit of disappointment amongst the Hibs fans at the end but Gary Holt will be absolutely delighted with his side's performance and attitude and they really deserved the point. My super scoreboard man in the match Livingston forward Stephen Lawless outstanding on the ball and always at the centre of the good play from Livingston Full time at Easter Road to Burning 1, Livingston 1 And now it's your turn to have your say. The open line is next so let's hear from you 0141 951 1025 any Aberdeen fans out there how frustrated are you after that losing at home to Ross County losing third place in the process what about Hamilton and Motherwell fans clearly not a classic but Motherwell it's the result which moves you into third place so why not give us a call let us know what you witnessed at the Foy Stadium and of course you Celtic and Rangers fans what about tomorrow then any European hangovers in the air who would you play in your respective fixtures and you might just want to talk about James Keatings, the Scottish FA making the incredible announcement today that that controversial appeal decision is invalid. It will not stand. There will be another hearing and that casts huge doubt, huge question marks over the very existence of the Scottish FA's disciplinary procedure. So if you want to talk about that or any of today's action, now is your chance. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Craig Beatty, and Alex Ray in the studio. Roger Hanna still with us from the Foy Stadium as well, and they want to hear from you. They want to hear your thoughts on today's action, your thoughts on tomorrow's action, your thoughts on the James Keating's debacle, and anything else that might be on your mind. 0141 951 1025. I'll run through today's scores for you. 
two Scottish Premiership it finished Aberdeen 1 Ross County 2 uh, Hamilton Ackies 0 Motherwell 0 Hibs 1 Livingston 1 in the Championship Morton 4 Alloa 4 Game of the day no doubt about it Queen of the South 0 Dundee 1 the two other games are both Ayr and Partick Thistledon Fairman both well Partick Thistle was postponed Ayr was abandoned um, in Scottish League 1 Dumbarton 4 for postponed as well East 5 4 Stranraer 2 Falkirk 1 Montrose 0 Peterhead 0 Airdrie 2 Wraith Rovers 1 Clyde 0 Annan 2 Albion Rovers 1 in Scottish League 2 Cove 2 Queen's Park 0 Edinburgh City 0 Brecon City 0 and Elgin Cowdenbeath Stirling Albion Stenhouse Muir both postponed Bit of a quieter day, Hugh. We only had the three top flight yeah. games. The weather was causing a bit of havoc. But we've had such a good week. We've had drama this afternoon, drama to follow tomorrow, drama in the form of the Scottish FA's disciplinary procedure. So lots to discuss on this open line. Yeah, I think Ross County deserve a special mention for going to Petaudry. I accept we're playing 10 men for the vast majority of the game because of a red card for Dean Campbell of Aberdeen. However... One win in their last 11 matches and they go to Petaudry and win. It's a great result for them. It's a slap in the face for Derek McInnes. Um Motherwell take advantage. They go a point above Aberdeen and they have a game in hand. So next Tuesday, uh, the Motherwell-St Mirren game, vitally important. And for Livy, once again, fair play to them. They go to Easter Road, they go a goal down, they equalise, they are having the best season ever. Yeah, I'm just looking at also at the championship. Gordon, that's Dundee up to third. You know, the disappointing thing for uh, a broth air, an opportunity to try and get a win there to kind of maintain that uh, playoff spot as well. But I think when you look at the top division, you know, there'll be some managers disappointed today. Maka was out the window early doors, but the opportunity for uh, Scotty Allen uh, to score the penalty, you know, gave him a good. Uh, kickstart to the, to the game and then obviously Ross County is a result of the weekend for oh, me right away yeah. because of that impressive one uh, and I, th- I think Hamill will not be disappointed that they didn't go on and win that Hugh purely for the point of view is they need to get wins soon to try and catapult them up the league Yeah Craig just the three games today I think that the standout result in terms of drama or consequence would be Ross County winning at Aberdeen you yeah. could hear there when Dave Galloway gave us his full time report that the home fans not happy at all no, um, and to be fair, Aberdeen's form like, with a cup win has, has not been particularly good. Um, you know, they're generally a loyal set of fans and they're, they're quite clearly upset at the minute. Um, and I said during the show, you know, Aberdeen went 1 0 up, they lost a the goal, they lost a the man. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe that wouldn't be the worst point in the same scenario with, with Motherwell. So, yeah, point gained on, on Aberdeen from Motherwell and Derek McInnes will be disappointed. Yeah, and Roger Hanna is still with us from the Foy Stadium. A strange afternoon, Roger, in which Motherwell clearly weren't at their best they, they don't come away with three points they have a man sent off and yet their league position is strengthened at the end of it all yeah they've gained a point on Aberdeen and if they win this game in hand on Tuesday night she says they'll be four clear of an Aberdeen team who are clearly wobbling particularly at home so I think Stephen Robinson will be happy he won't be happy with Chris Long's contribution um, a very silly red card before the break but his, his colleagues did well Liam Donnelly first half in it sweeper second half at right back looked solid Mark O'Hara another accomplished performance in the middle of the park and they almost snatched it at the end Hamilton needed a good save from Luke Southwood to deny Liam Polworth and then Jermaine Hilton flashing a shot over the 95th minute 01419511025 that's the number you need to get in touch it doesn't have to be about today's action or even tomorrow's action Hugh it might well be about that decision 
a big moment you sense for the Scottish FA who have announced that there will be another hearing for James yeah. Keatings. They've said that the first hearing was invalid. A member of the panel didn't do their job, essentially, won't be invited onto future panels, and James Keatings will now get a second bite at the chance to play in that cup final. They cast doubt over their entire disciplinary department from now until the end of the season because nothing can be changed now. We have to negotiate the end of a, the title. We have to negotiate the end of the Scottish Cup. And now they've placed themselves in a position where people don't trust their judgment. And that's never a good place to be in. So at a time when the clubs have decided that the system is not working, the SFA have proved that the critics are right. It is not working. Yeah, listen, <clears throat> fingers crossed James Keaton's benefits from this. Um, well, I think we're all in agreement that he will. Um, the yellow card will be overturned and he'll be available to play in the final at the end of March. You know, he's won two Scottish Championships, he's won the Scottish Cup, but he's 28 years old and to think that there was an opportunity that he would possibly be deprived of another Cup final, kind of getting to the... Not the twilight, but he's 28. He's not a youngster anymore. Um, of his career, would would have been exceptionally disappointing. Yeah, I think it's a correct decision, Gordon. And I think the astonishing thing is that someone's had that opportunity to look at evidence. Uh, but you know whether he's been probed to see that he did he look at it all or not. Whatever, I think James Keaton can benefit from it. One of the most astonishing things from this whole process is that someone other than this guy who hasn't looked at the evidence, thought that that was a dive. That is a bigger worry for me. Yeah, Roger Hanna, we might dig into it in a bit more detail during the the open line. But I think what's most eye-opening about this is the, the depth of the reaction, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, it's little old Inverness as well. You expect this type of reaction when, it, when it's one of the big clubs and we get caught up going back and forward and arguing. But the fact that this size of reaction has come from a relatively small club just shows you the, the sense of injustice that many people feel yeah and as you said at the top of the show Gordon it, it's come from throughout football there's been tweets from directors of other football clubs players at other football clubs from Gary Lineker even involving himself with little old Cali Thistle so I think James Keatings will win appeal number two I think James Keatings will play in the Challenge Cup final against Ray Throvers next month and you can put your bottom dollar in James Keating scoring the winner in the Challenge <laughs> Cup final next month. Lifts up his top, message on the T-shirt says, take that. Yeah, Scottish, no. And gets another yellow card. I, I wouldn't want to encourage it. Right, <laughs> 01419511025, at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Let's hear from you. Jerry Inco winning is first through tonight. He's a Celtic fan. What are you hoping for? What are you expecting tomorrow, Jerry? Hi, Gordon. Well, basically, I just caught your debate about half four the day about who's going to replace Scott Brown in the Celtic midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think one of the guys mentioned Tom Rogic coming in. And I just want, I mean, I don't think he's injured again, so I don't know why I think he's not getting yeah. mentioned. He's a quality player. Um, I, I, I don't know why Neil Lennon doesn't like him because he's the guy who signed him. I think, you know, he, we, we know his skills are like, we know how good he is scoring goals. I remember that spell about 18 months ago when it was Christine McGregor and Rogic in the midfield when Scott Brown was injured. We were absolutely scintillating for about six weeks. Um, the goals we were scoring were brilliant. He was a major part of that. So, you know, for me, he should be the first name of the team sheet. He'll be fresh as well from not playing during the week. I've got another wee point as well. Make okay. Stephen yeah, let's, let's, let's do that first. 
it's clearly not the worst but suggestion. He's been I a very successful no, player up for, here. For me, um, Tom Rogic doesn't replace Scott Brown in terms of. For me, he's a quarterback. He pulls things. He breaks things down. Yeah, so, but perhaps in terms of dropping someone else in there. Yeah, though. if that's if that's the case. If it was just a sp- uh, straight replacement and Insham was staying forward, then I just can't see that working. If they alternate where Insham goes deeper, then Tom Rogic could clearly get in there. Listen, there was a there was a period, that, uh, you know, I think he signed a four or five year contract. Tom Rogic, they fancy him, the, the, you know, he's a game changer, scores in big games. And then he went with Australia and from that point to now, he hasn't featured greatly. And I think that's partly down, down to Christie's uh, performance, but... Yep. But take on boy in body he's a really good player but replacing Brown tomorrow to go in that p- position I, I don't know if that's what Jerry actually means Jerry yeah. do you mean them putting him in, in as a straight replacement for Scott in that position no no not, not that not, not in the sense of how, what Scott Brown does for the team like you know the, the attitude or the sort of the you know getting them forward sort of thing but he's a skillful player I mean all due respect we're playing Kilmarnock we're not playing you know Barcelona I think we can afford to not have that kind of, you know, fighting, you know, getting amongst the midfielder that Scott Brown is. Tom Logic is a quality footballer. But Gregor can play that Scott Brown role. You can also have Christie, who's no shrinking violet either. So I don't see why... I, I'm not really bored this whole thing about Scott Brown. As soon as Hugh Keevis keeps saying, we're going to be without Scott Brown eventually, so let's, you know, get used to it. Scott Brown shouldn't be playing every game anyway, as far as I'm concerned, because... As good as he is, he does slow the pace down all of the times, especially in these SDL games where we do need to break things up a wee bit more. So I'm not worried putting logic in there in the middle of the park. I don't know why people are doing this. Well, you, you've termed it as um, Neil Lennon not liking Tom Rogic. It's nothing to do with like or dislike. Neil Lennon in that particular area of the field is spoiled for choice. It's not that he doesn't like Tom Rogic. Issue, but he doesn't like to play him for some reason. I don't know why. Well, to be fair though, Jerry, I mean, you you, you mentioned something there about you know you, you like Scott Brown. You're, you're not being critical, but you think he slows the the game down. He can't be slowing it down that much if Celtic are winning ten consecutive domestic games, scoring five against Hearts and four against Motherwell and four against Hamilton, three against you know Ross County and St Johnson. It can't be that slow. I'm not I'm not criticizing Scott Brown. I mean, he's been a fantastic service over the years, but he is. You know, mid thirties, thirty four, thirty five now, and he's not the guy scoring his goals. Gordon, is he? Is you know, is Christie McGregor? He never has gone. been. It never has been Scott Brown's been absolutely pivotal, pivotal to everything that Celtic's done probably since he's been there he's, the, he's just the heartbeat of the team he's the one that covers a lot of the ground he breaks everything up and it's Scott Brown that generally allows the players like you're talking about who is a very very good player Rogic it's guys like Scott Brown who get the ball and give it to these players to then go and create the stuff so in terms of slowing it down is there not room within a game to control the game and slow it down and control the pace does everything have to be 100 mile an hour I don't know why they just turned around me that I'm coming on to criticise Scott Brown. That's not what my call was all about. Scott Brown can't play tomorrow, so why can't we play Tom Rogic? This is not. This shouldn't be rocket science, guys. You know, um, it's supposed to be intelligent. You know, pundits here. Tom Rogic can play against Kilmarnock. I don't see why that's an so, issue. So Jerry, mean, did, did you or did you not use the phrase about Scott Brown slowing things down? And that's all I responded to and asked you that it can't be that slow if they're winning ten consecutive games. So I don't think there's any rocket science required on either party to remember that you said Scott Brown slows things down. His natural style play is to take control of the ball, yes, and keep things a bit slower. I'm saying in these SPL games, I don't know why we need to worry about that as much. Again, we're playing Kilmarnock at home. All due respect to them, we're not playing, you know, a top quality side. We can play a midfield that doesn't have to have that 
sort of holding midfield role that keeps things a bit slower. I yeah. don't see why that's a big deal. Yeah, that, that, that is fair, Hugh, because Celtic assemble a big <coughs> squad for, and a talented squad for a reason. Would Tom Rogic walk into every other or most other teams in the country? Yes. Would Ryan Christie? W- would others? But so it doesn't Jerry, have to be the end of the world for no, a fixture like this. But again, Jerry's use of terminology. It's not rocket science. So, in other words, Neil Lennon doesn't know what he's doing then. I don't think so. Jerry's allowed to come on and, and say who he would like <laughs> to see play, and if that differs from Neil Lennon, that's okay. That's, that's yeah, the I, name I of the game. To it. It's Jerry's use of terminology. Yeah. Why doesn't Neil Lennon like Tom Rogic? Nothing to do with like or dislike. Well, it is though because Neil Lennon. Well, it is though because you can still. I think now we're semantics. We're arguing over the meaning of words. He clearly doesn't like him as much as he likes the other players. So, well, yeah, so you Jerry's, answered your Jerry's own question. Right. You pointed out that, that that Celtic have been on a phenomenal run and are ten points clear of Rangers in the league. Therefore, the 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 personnel being chosen by Neil Lennon are clearly the right personnel. Scott Brown can't play tomorrow. I think we agree on that. Uh, Jerry, what was the other point? I know you said you wanted to make one. Well, you thought that was bad. Here's here's another one going to rile you up. <laughs> Stephen Gerrard, right? From day one, this guy has been contradicting himself and full of so much hypocrisy. But our, our media, particularly Mr. Keevans, they don't come out and criticise him. All I've heard from Hugh the past 18 months is, oh, he speaks brilliantly. This guy is you know, full of elegance and intelligence. From day one, he was complaining about McKenna, Scott McKenna, or getting sent, or Morelos kicking McKenna, when it was a clear red card. And he comes out with a press conference about, you know, conspiracy theories, Rangers never getting the decision. I think we all know who gave him that um, line, don't we? Let's just say it's a guy who never goes to the gym, but does wear trainers. And, uh, you know, all the way up to the League Cup final, the guy's just been full of hypocrisy, you know, saying teams, uh, Celtic, other teams can't get the violins out. That very same press conference where he said that, he was still complaining about the League Cup final and the offside decision, which still hasn't been clearly decided that it was actually offside. So why did, why did the press let them get away with us? I think you were very critical of that yeah. first date, Pataudry, yeah. Hugh. I don't know if Jerry they just can't, can't that, remember it, maybe missed it, but I think you were very critical that day of Stephen Jenner. Yeah, and I said at the time that someone is filling his head full of nonsense because he was talking about things that he couldn't possibly have known about, about uh, Rangers and the way they are treated at Aberdeen and so on and so forth. Uh, I said it on that very first day Jerry's got selective hearing, he hears the bits he wants to hear and ignores the other bits. When I say that uh, Stephen Gerrard is truthful in his post-match analysis, I'm, I stand by that. He is also truthful in the way he hammers his own players. Yeah. Since they came back from the winter break, he said he was bored looking at them against Ra. He said that they blinked big time against Hearts at Tynecastle. He questioned their temperament when they lost at Kilmarnock. He wondered if he had players of strong enough mentality to win the title. Therefore, Stephen Gerrard is critical of his own team. And did Alex Ferguson have a wrong on his ears by not criticising his players? Sorry? He never did. Did Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger did they have it wrong on those ears when they defended their players in public? No, you, no you, you've come on. You've come on to attack Stephen Gerrard. I am confining myself to my views on Stephen Gerrard and taking Stephen Gerrard in isolation because that's what you came on to talk about. And <clears> day one, I did say someone is filling his head full of nonsense. He since then has been. Analytical in a truthful and candid way Sometimes in praise of Rangers Sometimes not in praise of his own team And since the end of the winter break He has slaughtered them When they lost at Kilmarnock 
and when they were disappointing against Renrar and against St Mirren so you're wrong and you've come on to attack him and the man is under pressure I grant you under pressure to win a trophy for Rangers but you're launching a personal attack and you don't have the evidence to back it up we're going to have to leave it there, Jerry, because I want to squeeze one more in before we have to take a break. That was Jerry and Co. Winning. We'll hopefully speak to you soon. It's 01419511025. John and Paisley, what's on your mind? Uh, Stephen Gerrard, too. I was actually, you're quite defensible there for him. I'm glad you didn't see what you said to that guy. Listen, the other night there, bold move. He stood up as a manager. It's the first time he's made a change in a long, long time. That I would say was very, very bold. What do you think? Which change in particular? Well, Greg Stewart. And no bringing on Andy Halliday. It was quite obvious that we were all, a lot of people were crying out for Andy Halliday. He took he had the bottle to put a rebound left back. Very bold move. Yeah, and it turned the game. Yeah, I think that that particular move did work very well for Rangers. I think the rebound, obviously, with the goal in which he scored, was really uh, inspirational. And um, you're right because uh, I would say at the time, what is his options? Because you're thinking about a natural left back, but. To put a rebel back there gives him a lot of belief because obviously he's been playing a wee bit more advanced uh, and it actually changed uh, the manner of the game. So for me, it was a really bold one. I'd be interested to see what he does tomorrow because, again, goes back to Craig Beatty's. Uh, he loves it. He's already wrote down Rangers 3 5 2 tomorrow. So. Uh, He's given his heads up that they may well change the formation. We have you to Thursday, Gordon. Uh, Roger, Hannah, the bigger picture I wonder about, we, we can't really know for sure what we know. We'll find out in due course. Whether Rangers make it through in Europe, that's one thing. But I wonder if just the, the manner of the, the comeback, some of those big calls that Stephen Gerrard did have to make, you wonder what type of impact, if any, that can have domestically. Yeah, and one of the things he's been criticised for is not making changes and, and just sticking rigidly with this 4-3-3 and more or less sticking rigidly with the same personnel. And it was interesting when Rangers turned the game around the other night, it was different players. It was Arebo back at left back. It was Camberry on the field, Stewart on the field. Um, you know, Hadji having such an influence for that position on the right-hand side. So it'll be interesting going forward. Celtic have improved since January because Neil Lennon has evolved the team. He's changed the formation. He's put different people into the team, and maybe Thursday, as you say, Garnet. But you know, just maybe we'll go out on Wednesday. I, ho- I hope both teams get through next week and, and go as far as they can in this Europa League because it's great for Scottish football and the coefficient. But even if Rangers go out, maybe Thursday and, and that last half hour can can have a bearing on the rest of the domestic season. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's a a, a real eye-opening result uh, at two 0 one hour played, Stephen Gerrard admitting that behind him there was negativity and that by negativity that means he was getting it tight, to use the Glaswegian expression. But the comeback was remarkable and if you don't feed off that comeback and beat St Johnson tomorrow, then it's <clears throat> your fault, nobody else's. Yeah, the question was posed to myself and Mark Greedy on Wednesday night on the show. Um, you know, obviously their form's not been particularly good um, performances domestically, so can a good result in Europe spark that domestically? And, and I think we both said that it could. Uh, so Rangers now have the opportunity to go to McDermott Park tomorrow, away to St Johnson, which is a tricky fixture, having played the last 30 minutes on Thursday night and, you know, really turned it around and put in a strong last 30 minutes. And they've now got the opportunity to show that that's the case. We want to come back in, John. Aye, and also a bold move. He took a seven million pound player off, right? 
And I thought that was a bold move as well. And he dropped Taji back in. So I thought that was another bold move because basically Ryan Kent, I mean, hasn't been performing. I don't care what a lot of people say disagree with me. But I don't think when he changed it, taking a £7 million player off and putting on a player, basically he turned the whole game around. I had a bit of faith anyway because with the chances in the first half, when Morelos had the chances, we were always creating chances. They're a good team. I'm looking on against them. They're not. I'm not saying they're, they're a good team, good passing team, and everything. But I would say slightly not got a good cutting edge. It's a particularly it's a particularly bold move when you're the guy that brought him in for seven million pounds. But all of this will count for nothing if Rangers go out. But they have given themselves something to cling on to, and if they come back from Portugal, still in this competition. It will be a major achievement for Stephen Gerrard. John says Roger Hanna that you know people might disagree with him about Ryan Kemp being out of format, and I'm not sure many people will disagree. No. Now I feel like that's um, a fairly widely held opinion amongst Rangers fans. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think Stephen Gerrard will say he took off Ryan Kent. He, d- he didn't take off £7 million Ryan Kent. I think it's unfair that a price tag is used as a millstone around the lad's neck. He's a young lad. He's out of form. He probably needs to be taken out of the team. But I think Stephen Gerrard, if he decides to take him out of the team, will now be more confident that there are options to take his place, whether it's Gumberry, whether it's Stewart, whether he moves Hadji into a different position. It looks as if there's more of a squad there now from Rangers that Gerrard could rotate things and leave Kent out until he gets his form and his confidence back John and Paisley thank you very much 01419511025 plenty of time for your calls and we're going to start hearing from more of the managers involved this weekend next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors getting you full compensation is their goal talk to thompsons.com Roger Hanna's still with us Hugh Kevens, Craig Beattie Alex Ray you're spoiled for choice to put your mm. point across to the panel tonight so get in touch on the phones 01419511025 or on Twitter at Clyde SSB you can do whatever you want look back on today's action look ahead to tomorrow's action you might still have Europe on your mind you might even want to discuss James Keatings and the Scottish FA give us a call we'll do as much of it as possible we are going to start hearing from today's managers but let's speak to Scott in Bermullock first hi Scott Hi guys, good evening. Hi Scott. Um, just a, p- a point on the one of the other callers was talking about Scott Brown and, and how we should really limit the games. I'm trying to limit the games he plays in. Um, I sort of agree with him, but seeing when in Thursday night, see when the game stepped up again, Copenhagen put a bit more energy into it and they were a bit more, bit more direct, and a wee bit more. Like, they, they certainly played a lot quicker, building the game up. I thought Scott started to struggle a wee bit. Um, don't know whether that was partly the calf problem. But he did seem to be less involved in the game, and we did seem to lose a lot of passes, a lot, of, a lot of momentum that we built up in the first half. That was my own opinion on it. Um, oh, yeah. And I also had a quick, another wee point just about near beat on. Let's deal with one at a time, then, Scott, because um, that was a fair point. I'm sure the next one will be as well. You're, you're allowed to criticise anyone, Craig. When Scott's talking just particularly about Thursday night, how did Scott Brown do? Um, I, th- I think we're nitpicking a little bit to to sort of say when the tempo was up to wee bit, etc. I mean, he's only human. At times, he looks superhuman. The number of games he plays, the level he plays at, and when Scott Brown comes off at five ten percent, obviously people are are realising that they're, I think they're picking holes in things that are not really there. Um, I hold my hands up at the start of the season. I said that I thought Scott would be used um, not 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 sparingly, but um, more sensibly to try and get you know the, the maximum amount of minutes. He's absolutely proved me wrong, um, and I know that he's looking fitter and stronger than ever. 
He's picked up his wee calf niggle on Thursday night. So, listen, maybe that was the reason that he looked slightly off it, but I think we're picking holes that are not there. Do you think he particularly struggled with the tempo score? Or was that, was that not just Celtic as a whole? They just looked like, you know, it was a very different second half all round, was it not? No, no I, I mean, Craig, I'm not criticising Scott in any way, shape or form because although I'm not his biggest supporter, he's been a fantastic uh, captain for us. Can I, can I, I cannot fault him in any way, but to say he's still at the same level as he was five years ago, obviously he's not going to be. Every player loses their legs eventually, every player, doesn't matter who you are. Messi will lose his legs at some point, Ronaldo will lose his legs at some point. All I'm saying is, where he plays and what he's involved in in his team, and he's a central hub to that, if he's missing it, then it is going to be an issue. And it did show on Wednesday night. We didn't have anybody to hold the ball. Can I take you I back? That's when we get knocked. Can I take you back? So I said that's when we get knocked out with Kluge, that with nobody in the middle of the park apart from Scott that breaks the game up for us, wouldn't we need that? Can I take and you that, back? And that's what happened again on Thursday night. Can I take you back to the game against Hamilton Ackies at Celtic Park earlier in the season? Do you recall what happened there? Sure. When Hamilton so why are you bringing that point up? I'm not talking about against Aki I'm talking about in seven games Where the game goes by him I'm bringing up the point Because I'm trying to make a point You're talking about legs And he's not the, the player he was five years ago When it went 1-1 against Hamilton Aki's And Celtic were on the verge of making a very bad mistake at home He was the one Brown That gathered the ball That galloped forward And had a very Neat and tidy finish To win the game for Celtic Why are you using something that's happened I'm talking about one game in particular I said that when we play against teams In their lifted tempo We struggle to get against them Scott struggled on Wednesday night and Thursday night As did the rest of the midfield I'm just saying that sometimes Scott Brown needs to be rested And doesn't need to play as many games as he does he gets far, He's asked to play far too many games For a 35 year old player just, games where he should have been rested So the manager doesn't know what he's doing then Scott, we're basing this on like a Again, 10 minute period on Thursday night. Come up with another point. Manager doesn't know what he's doing. See, to be fair, can we, can we just nip that one in the bud? Because this show will have to come off yes. air. If, if fans are allowed to come on and disagree with the manager, it doesn't always have to be, oh, well, the manager doesn't know what he's doing. You're allowed to disagree. That, that's, those are the rules. That's fine. That's no problem. Gordon, Gordon, one of the factors, and, and I'm speaking for experience, is when you get to a particular age, you want to play as many games as possible becomes it becomes a psychological thing because if you come off for a week or two, you come back in and you're sluggish and the older you are, the harder it is to, to keep at that level, Hugh. And that's the reason why he is playing 55, 60 mm. games a season because in his mind, this, this is all a perception of how I was when I was playing, if I wasn't featuring two or three games sat on the bench, then all of a sudden you're trying to up the tempo against younger guys. It's difficult. Something I was interested that, that Scott said, and he sort of threw out as if it, it, it was a given, you know, well, you know, obviously he's not going to be at the same level he was five years yeah. ago. Is he not? I th- I th- is, is, he, is he at? I mean, five years ago takes you back to that be the end of Ronnie Dyla's final season. He's probably better now than he was then, is he not? Yeah, potentially, but again, a bit more experience, the leadership that he shows. Listen, Scott, there, there comes a point in every player's game, unless you're a, a prospect or a kid, anybody who's five years down the line is probably not going to be at the level that, that they were at. You mentioned Ronaldo. Ronaldo's probably not at the level that he was at five years ago, although he's still at the very, very top level. By the way, who makes his 1,000th appearance tonight, which is remarkable. But there's going to come a point where Scott Brown's legs will go. There's no question about it. Um, but right now I don't think it's at that moment and I think if Olivier and Sham doesn't give the ball away on the edge of the box leading up to the Copenhagen Copenhagen equaliser the other night 
I don't think we have this conversation I think Celtic win the game And it's all rosy And nobody He's been substituted for a calf niggle And nobody talks about his legs Five years ago was Ronnie Dyla's first season By the way Uh, The point still stands But just in case You want to pull me up on accuracy Thank you very much to Scott and Barmullock Let's start getting some reaction From today's games then Brian Rice first up Held at home by Motherwell Maybe a bit disappointed Motherwell down to 10 men Here's Brian Rice We were a better team Overall 11 v 11 In the 11 v 10 With loads of possession Got any good areas and The final thing we do With the ball The quality was in the air Especially through wide areas Across them was, was pretty poor Saying that David Templeton has 5 or 6 shots to go And normally David will score At least one of them So uh, we just didn't get that wee bit So I'm frustrated with that Did you feel you should have Worked the goalie A lot more Well we tried We tried to work the goalie That's what I'm saying David said a few Blocked a few over the bar Our crossing wasn't the best the goalie's made a, great, a good save, a very good save for Mario early on. And David Moyers had a, a wee half chance if the ball's better. Overall, I'm just frustrated because I think we've done enough to win the game. Missing a couple of experienced strikers, of course, Brian, would that have possibly helped? I think we're missing a couple of strikers, you know. You see my team today, you see my bench. I'm decimated. That's all I've got at the club available today. Scott McMahon called off Hill this morning. Scott was down to play. He called off Hill. Four attacking players out. Oakley, Davis, Dales and Miller. We just tried everything we could with what we had available. So the boys now responded brilliantly because that's all we had you know and I think you seen today they, they gave it everything in my opinion we were a better team and should have won the game but we didn't so I'm frustrated happy back, back in the dugout it's a, it's a good question of course I, I feel as though I need to be down there with the boys I'm in it with them you know it's not me and them we're all together so no I'd like to be back down there not a great deal of movement at the bottom of the table after that result, Roger Hanna. It's a result which leaves Hearts bottom, obviously, on 19 points. Hamilton just above them on 21, uh, but they have played a game more. And then St Mirren, one point above that. They've got two games in hand over Hamilton. So uh, what do you make of Brian Rice's assessment? Yeah, you can hear the frustration in his voice after the game, but it, it, it's correct. There was an alarming lack of quality in the final third. David Templeton had five or six efforts and not one in target. The delivery from wide areas wasn't what it should be. And I, I like Big Marius Agumpo up top, but he just didn't get a chance. There was no service into him today, Gordon. That'll be a frustration for Brian Rice. What he does need is to get a lot of these players back in the pitch. Michael Miller was sitting up at the back of the main stand with us today, half a dozen other of his teammates with him. If Brian Rice can get them all back, get them firing, there was there was a decent chance of staying up. And, and listen, this point in the final analysis might be very, very important to Hamilton Ackies. Here's what Stephen Robinson made of it. I thought we should add all three. You know, we went positive when we went down to ten men. We put two right up top, went four three two, and you know, I, I thought the boys' discipline was excellent. I mean, you know, we reduced them to literally nothing. I don't think Mark had a save to make. Poli has a great chance to win it for us. Decky has a great chance inside the six yard box, and Jermaine at the end so it has to be credit to the boys you know we're back into third place we're an opportunity to go four points clear so you know a really really good performance the the players have pulled Chris Long out of the marathon disappointed with the red card I'm not disappointed with the red card it was definitely a red card that's what I mean Uh, but disappointed the red card came in that fashion yeah really disappointed Um, but I'm going to concentrate on the boys that were very very good for me today they were excellent they they, as I said they pulled Long out of the marathon they dug in and should have had three points in the end if we're being honest I think you know they had a bit more possession when we went down to ten but you know, then maybe better decisions, better, better quality. We should have came away with three points. So, disappointed for himself. I would like to think so. Is he apologised? I haven't asked that question. I'm just concentrating on the boys that were very, very good for me today. And you go down to ten men, you have to dig in, and they were ever so disciplined. Hugh, I don't think he's happy with Chris Long, is no, he? No, <laughs> That's, uh, the managerial code was in uh, full use there, uh, because when he says. 
Uh, I'm here to talk about the players who did really well for me. That means I don't want to discuss that. Oh. And I'll see him later. He still said enough, Roger Hanna. Was it something like he disappoint? Is he is he disappointed? And Stephen Robinson says, "I'd like to think so." Yeah, I said at the time it was a silly red card. The first one kicking the ball away. The second one a stupid foul on David Temple uh, when David Temple was going nowhere on the halfway line, and he could even have a yellow card between the two other yellow cards when when he tried to charge down a clearance from the hands of, of Luke Southwood. So it wasn't Christopher Long's finest 37 minutes or whatever it was, and he will feel the full wrath of Stephen Robinson, and he will sit out an important game at home to St Mirren on Tuesday night. I'm afraid you're going to have to be the deciding voice here Roger Brian Rice thought they were the better team should have won it Stephen Robinson thinks they should have won it who's right neither of them oh okay <laughs> um, it, it should have been <laughs> Hamilton had more of the ball in all honesty Motherwell probably had the more clear cut chances and when Liam Polworth went through on Luke Southwood as the game went into additional time you thought Motherwell were going to snatch the three points with the ten men but I, I, I think nil-nil a point apiece is probably fair and can I just tell you the snow that is coming down in the Foy Stadium now it's just as well it didn't fall between three o'clock and quarter to five see I was I was tempted to laugh then I remembered I'm heading that direction yeah. so I'll reserve judgement on that Hugh Better Roger um, Stephen Robinson's remarks on Christopher Long were the equivalent of Captain Mannering to Private Pike stupid boy <laughs> That, that, Alec, that's the scenario that where just about sums it up correctly Roger that's the scenario where you want the manager to come in and shout at you that is the lesser of two evils see when the manager Says comes nothing. in I'm not angry you. I'm just disappointed oh, you know you're in bother <laughs> when he ignores you silent treatments when he's no one to talk to you when he's shouting and bawling at you when he's throwing cups at you you know you, know you get away with it but when he doesn't talk to you you're in trouble yeah absolutely Roger uh, you get yourself up the road if the snow's coming down I don't want to be responsible for you being stuck there until midnight so thank you for your service thank you very much gents Good man, that, that was Roger really Hanna at what's now a snow-covered Foy's Stadium. We've had a lot, haven't we, this month? Craig yes. Beattie, the, I mean, is, is the, you can forget the, the Lanarkshire derby, you can forget Celtics game, Rangers game tomorrow. The big one is in Clyde Bank tomorrow. Is it going to be playable? You are representing who? I am representing the Central Scottish Amateur Select. So, What position are you playing? Oh, centre half. Ten and a half. That days are running about up front are gone. So the only chance I've got if we go tomorrow is a, a set piece. That's if the if the snow, if the weather's kind, isn't it's on. So really looking forward to it tomorrow. Been fueling up all day, but running the every five minutes. Big crowd <laughs> expected. Um, yeah, hopefully now that we've given it a wee plug, so <laughs> we're going to send somebody down. I know Rangers and Celtic are playing tomorrow, but. Maybe get Gordon out there we're tomorrow. Going, we're going to send no. down the, someone from the Spanish consulate <laughs> to see how your Spanish is coming. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is the perfect time for you to get in touch because we're going to take a breather and then we could be speaking to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Craig BT, and Alex Ray here to take your calls for the next 10 minutes mm. or so. Looking back on today's action and perhaps previewing tomorrow's as well. What about that game in Perth? We expect it to go ahead, Alex. Yes. Um, we'll watch with interest over the evening because the weather sounds pretty ropey. I don't know what it's like in Perth. What are you expecting when you get there? Uh, uh, You're going to cover yeah, it. Yeah, I expect it to be a really tough day, Gordon, as I said. Uh, two losses in the last 14 for uh, St Johnson, so they've clearly turned their form around. The one thing I do know is when Rangers and Celtic come to town, they tend to up their ante. They try to give it that little bit more. 
and uh, if Rangers are not at it it could become a difficult afternoon I think the important thing we've often touched on it today about the tempo how they go about it they have to be uplifted on the back of uh, a really positive uh, winning Thursday night so it's about how they approach the game Gordon Psychology Sunday you called it last week Hugh how does yeah. that side of things look tomorrow it's Rangers turn to play first isn't it so yeah. I don't know what what type of pressure does that bring they're the ones who are, are chasing obviously Rangers are ticking off every game in the hope that Celtic slip up and therefore there might be a chance for them to catch them Celtic are ticking off every game in the hope that there will come a day when they play that one last game, win it, and Rangers arithmetically can't catch them. Therefore, they're both under their individual types of pressure tomorrow. Rangers know they have to win. If they don't win, Celtic Park will reverberate to the sound of happiness if they hear because Celtic will kick off and that's the other thing they overlap tomorrow yeah. don't they we haven't had that in a while they'll, they'll kick off and the Rangers game will be over 15 minutes into the Celtic game if Celtic Park hears that Rangers have dropped anything at McDermott Park Celtic Park will be electric therefore they both have their individual needs their individual demands tomorrow if Rangers blow it at uh, McDermott Park They've gone and they're not coming back. Let's if Celtic blow it, they leave a chink of light for Rangers if they've won. Let's hear from Gary McAllister looking ahead to that one. If you repeated that sort of level of performance and at the speed that we played that in a domestic game, that you know the domestic game should should uh, run out easier, but it's not the case. It's every game's different. You know, last night there's two teams try to win. Sometimes we play against teams that that's not the case. Where it's the the, the questions that's asked about us is can we break a a low block so that's that's the thing it's, the games are very very different and we've got to adapt and, and, and get better they're going well we've had a few good results um, going to Perth is never easy it's a quick turnover again and then another quick turnover to, to go over to Portugal next week we pick a team to, to combat St Johnson and then go to Portugal in terms of who plays Alex Barisic is going to be out after taking that kick to the kidney I know Craig's got his theory he thinks or he wants to see Rangers yeah. try three five two, it doesn't look likely. That's not to say it won't happen, but it hasn't looked likely in the past. Is it just a case of bringing in one of those like for like guys, like, like we saw last Possibly. week? Possibly, yeah. Well, listen, I think Andy Halliday did relatively well against Livingston. He was uh, he was on the front foot. He was bombing up and down the flanks. Uh, I take uh, Craig's point whether they go to a three, maybe put a rebo on the left hand side, which will allow him and rod up and down that flank. Uh, and it would allow you to get another body up up top as well. So there's plenty of permutations, <laughs> but he doesn't tend to. Via for the four three three. For me, it'll probably go that same way again. Will it be Kent coming out? Maybe put in uh, Camberry possibly, and then I think if uh, Frank Jack is fit, I think he will come in, and I also think that Kamara will possibly go. Out. Are you still trying to sell it? Are you, are you some sort of three five two salesman? No, absolutely not. Um, but with the personnel that they've got just now with Barisic being out listen if Barisic is fit for me then I've not got an issue I don't think he is tomorrow I think it's more a question mark for midweek I've I've not got an issue with the four at the back because he's a top top player Um, 
But for me, the 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 three five two fits absolutely perfectly because James Tavernier plays high up. We all know that. Aribos came on at left back the other night. You can also attack. We've seen the quality from his goal getting higher up the park. Davis and Kamara or Jack, whatever two of the three. Um, Hadji playing in the hole with the with the kind of free roll. I think he gets in super positions off the back of players, and that gives you that extra body with Camberry and Morelos. Where's, where's uh, Arfield? He scored. He scored four goals in a fortnight. Yeah, well, Hadji scored two. In. Yeah, Thursday night and he's in top in form well unfortunately you've, you've got to leave somebody out so <laughs> that, listen that's Stephen Gerrard's problem that, that's just my that's my take you, on it it, it also gets Camberry minutes yeah, much needed minutes before Thursday night it's been an interesting time for Tommy Wright comes out has that almighty pop yeah. at his own club it was one of the one of the, the standout comments of the season really you don't often hear it and actually since then though they've gone on a they've gone on a great run and I, I wonder how much trouble they could pose Rangers particularly at home well Stephen May has started a score and uh, you know he returned to the club but looked nothing like the player he had been in his pomp at the club but he got a very good goal at Ross County and uh, he will represent a danger um, as I say Rangers will have three stands they have better players they should win comfortably now comes the glorious unpredictability of football that has given us this week who would have tipped St Mirren to score four goals and still need a penalty shootout at Motherwell. Who would have tipped Aberdeen to be 3-2 down and win 4-3 in the Cup at Kilmarnock? Who would have tipped Rangers to be 2 down to Braga but win the game 3-2? And who would have tipped Fraser Forster to save yet another penalty? A sensational week. I look forward to Psychology Sunday, the sequel. John is in Thornley Bank. What's on your mind tonight, John? Uh, good evening, guys. Hi, John. Hi, John. Uh, my point is, well, I've got two points, actually. My first one was, um, I was on last year on the phone and went about the, the transfer window and there was all the talk around Scott Brown and Scott Brown going to Australia. Um, I think I said at the time that he was Celtic's best signing in the transfer window. I think what he's done over the last few seasons, especially for Celtic, well, I've watched him regular. Um, I think I said at the time he was a heartbeat of the team and I don't think that's changed. Um, something that, that Rangers haven't got. Um, if he's at the team, I don't even know who would replace him. You know, and he would be a big miss for Celtic. You know, if he was to go or if he was to, he was to get injured. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Um, but it's just when I hear guys questioning, you know, Scott Brown, it's almost as if you're only as good as your last game. You know, but for the consistency that, that he showed, and um, for me over the last two seasons especially, has been unbelievable. I cannot summarise it any more than I already have done by saying that he will be the biggest replacement headache that Celtic will have had since Henrik Larsson left the club. He is the heartbeat. He is the driving force, the inspiration. Call it what you will. I think those who question him, of course he's getting older. That's a law. Everyone gets older. And he is still at 34 a hugely influential player. Uh, those who criticise him or question whether you need him all the time, be careful what you wish for because he's not going to be there tomorrow and Celtic will get a glimpse of life without Scott Brown. Therefore, those players who remain and who are not injured tomorrow will have to show that without Scott Brown, they do not lack focus and concentration. And you've got better with age on here, so why can't the same be applied? Because I'm unique. That's that, that I will not argue with. Uh, John, what was your other point, just because we're a bit short on time now? 
Yeah, well, my second point was, I mean, obviously, since uh, I was a wee bit worried last year, obviously, with the situation, with, you know, at the winter break when Rangers were kind of up there with Celtic. Same as this, the only thing that changed for me this year was the fact that Rangers won at, at Parkhead. But what we're getting now for everybody talking about Rangers, they're dipping form. But for me, is it not just really down to that actual quality that Rangers have? You know, for them, they've done unbelievable. Have they not just overachieved in the first half of the season? Is what we're getting now for Rangers just down to the actual quality that they have in their team? Because when you look at Celtic, they'll get winners in their team, they'll get players who have been embedded, the spine of the team's been there for a number of years. There's no really any household names in the Rangers team and there's no really any guys in it who have regularly went and won things. I like the, the thing is, people will hear that and, and, and perhaps jump on it as, a, as if John's been, been really critical but ultimately whatever team falls short and doesn't win the league it might well simply be because they aren't as good a team so that that, that is a real reality that's staring Rangers in the face I don't think that has to be a big yeah. you know, dr- dramatic sort of Celtic fan Slates Rangers type No I think I think when you uh, take his point on board Gordon for me uh, I think you actually have to factor in as well that Celtic I think are 10 points ahead of where they were this point last year something mm. around about that so that actually is a factor uh, and you're trying to maintain that level I think the dip in form has been the disappointing thing for, for Rangers over the last what six, eight games. But they've managed to win about four or five of them at that point as well. So they've managed to win games but it's the eight points it's a, the killer for them they've not been able to maintain that whereas Celtic have been able to bring and I think the, the, the key thing for me is Celtic's strength and depth is remarkable and I think they've actually been able to cope with it better and I think that's a, that's the difference the strength and depth Thank you very much John and Thornley Bank we'll have to leave it there because we are running out of time Hugh Keevans if you'd like to take us away see us out in the way that only you can Ross County take the prize for the result of the day performance of the day beating Aberdeen for Aberdeen, worrying. 21 points now dropped at Petaudry this season. It's all about tomorrow now, from Perth to Parkhead. And it's the same story for both clubs. Celtic and Rangers win or else you regret it very much. And with Rangers kicking off first... Celtic will know what to do 15 minutes into their game Super Sunday Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon Thanks for all your calls and tweets Thanks for taking part in the teasers As is always the case on Europa League Weeks We are back tomorrow Slight change from what you're used to It's not quite the 6 hour special Only the 5 hours tomorrow I'm afraid So 1pm join us here We're here until 6 Taking you through St Johnson against Rangers And then Celtic against Kilmarnock With of course your chance to have your say on the lines Thank you to Alex Ray Craig Beatty, Hugh Keevans, the top team all around the grounds. The biggest thanks goes to you. And George is up next with the GBX. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.